Like this bitch-ass white boy. Boy. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to High Vertical episode 578. I am your host, Eric. I'm with the best featured guest of all time, Nick Gammon. Hello. Sports expert. Sport extraordinaire. And sport enthusiast, Nick Gammon. Yeah, yeah you're in luck, too. I, I got some, some intel from, from sporting events that you, have occurred You went in to Florida. the pits. You went to the pits. You I went did. to the pits. I did. I did go to Daytona. So not the Daytona 500, but the Coke Zero Sugar 400. Oh, yeah! It was you know it it was Uh, my first live event since COVID went down. Okay. It uh it was interesting. I think what they did worked. You know, everyone. I thought that NASCAR would be a pretty defiant crowd, but for the most part, people were wearing their masks everywhere. People were social distancing on their own they uh they had it set up so that um each row like skipped people kind of or at least like if you were sitting on like one part of a row you didn't have anyone in front of you in the row like right ahead and there would be people the next row down from that and then like in each row horizontally you only had people either sitting like one group in the middle or like two groups in a row at the end of each row so it was like spaced out quite a bit so i think it worked i don't think i got covid but i did get ringworm at nascar you got ringworm no not really i was just making a redneck joke but (laughs) there was this is not a joke this is serious there was a trump 2020 car driving at the coke zero sugar 400 of course yeah that's his base baby hey you know stick to sports buddy Stick the sports. Man. <laughs> uh, yeah, he he did not do well. I was hoping he would wreck. He did not wreck, but he did finish very poorly. Bubba Wallace finished in fifth. I after I drank like six beers there, which by the way you could bring your own beers in. Um, my family did not understand the very clear instructions of bringing a clear bag. My grandpa, who brought up every five minutes that he works for NASCAR, even though he doesn't, said that you could bring in whatever cooler you wanted it didn't have to be clear so that was wrong that was incorrect and we had to shove our beers and snacks and everything into just plastic shopping bags (laughs) that they handed out to us and they were dripping fucking everywhere but we got them in i drank and then i cheered pretty loudly for bubble wallace towards the end the, yeah, the reception, yeah. the, re- the reception for Bubba Wallace was mixed at best, but, <laughs> <laughs> but there were some cheers for sure. There were some cheers. There were definitely some boos, mm-hmm. um, but it was an interesting experience. I think that there's hope for sporting events to come back in some fashion this mm-hmm. fall because um, that seemed pretty safe. And I don't think any spikes have been reported at NASCAR events, but you know, I don't know how many people actually get tested after those events either. Yeah, uh, we'll see. I don't think that many people who go to NASCAR events are really worried about COVID. Yeah, it's a hoax in in that realm. So, (laughs) 
but yeah they they were pretty uh, responsible though they as much as i joke about that crowd they they handled the situation with a bit more maturity than i expected that's nice so so yeah it was not bad um i guess before we get into the nfl and um other in the nba of course um I guess I will, uh, you, uh, the Premier League is starting September 12th, which is less, uh, I would say it's about a week away, almost about yeah, a week same, away. Yeah, same weekend as uh, NFL kickoff. It's crazy that all these sports are coming back. It feels like it's not It's not appropriate. It's almost <laughs> overwhelming, yeah. It is really <laughs> overwhelming because like, yeah. college football, I think, comes back this weekend in some, in, like, yeah. some fashion, and then it, I think it fully comes, I think... I'm not sure. I think SEC plays starts sometime this month. I'm not sure when, but it's college football starts this weekend. Um, but the Premier League is starting. Um, no, no new updates on the Messi Man City signing. I don't think it's going to happen. It looks yeah. like Barcelona really doesn't is like pulling out all the stops. La Liga obviously doesn't want him to leave. Yeah. Um, I want it to happen, but I really don't think at this point it's going to happen. Just so many. Um, I think like Messi wants it to happen, but I just think there's the Liga and Barcelona have too much invested in him for him to leave. Yeah, but it. Uh, but, yeah, he is that league basically. That's where after Ronaldo left. I mean, yeah, that's, that's your money maker. I'm kind of glad though. Like the rumors that have come out, where I was getting a little worried that Barcelona might pursue Salah or Mane mm-hmm. if. Uh, Messi were to leave but apparently a rumor came out in the past 24 hours that said that that's not the case so they're not going to touch any Liverpool players as of now if Messi leaves which is good but they may go after I think it was Neymar or some or, or Jane Sancho Neymar Jane Sancho hmm. so which I think both would be great in in that league but. well I think I think Man City already made some really great signings this uh, offseason they signed uh, Ake um, Nathaniel Ake from uh, Portmouth. He's a center back, really young center back. Uh, I think. Let me look him up. I want to say he's like in his early twenties, like super yeah, young like guy. Yeah, kind of like a prospect guy. That's Not a, even a prospect. No, he's yeah, well, an established. He's, he's a he's an established thing. Like he I guess he'd be a rotation uh, player at this age. No, I know he's going to be starting for us. No, starting really. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Because we don't have like. Uh, it's so hard. Like our, our, we really don't have that many central uh, defensive players, uh, c- center backs, because um, we we have Nicholas Otamendi, we have uh, uh, Laporte, and uh, then we have John Stones, who hasn't played a game in since I don't remember when. Uh, and then we've been playing uh, Fern- uh, <laughs> Fernandinho, our uh, our center uh, midfielder, defensive player at. Uh, out of position in a center back position, which it's honestly just not working in my opinion. Uh, and uh, I think we, he is, he's honestly, uh, I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. He's only 25. Yeah. I serious. think he's, he's in his prime. This is it. Part of I think the, he, yeah, the part of the national youth. team played next to yeah. Virgil van Dyke, right? Yeah. 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 He has a lot of experience. He's played in the Premier League, and uh, he'll definitely start. I think most of the games for us at center back when we when Premier League and we at Premier League when Premier League starts. And we also signed uh, Fernand Torres, who was on Valencia, which was the club that David Silva got his start at. Both oh. 
I didn't know that. Both Spanish players and Fernando Torres will be wearing David Silva's number in in honor of him. That's so, cool. and he's gonna be he has he plays like a uh, he's like he's a midfielder, but he can play the wings too. So he's a classic pet player. Uh, so where do I think Man City will fall this Premier League? I think they'll finish top four. I would say probably two, two or three. You think so? Two or three, yeah, easily. Uh-huh. I think Liverpool will probably. I don't. I. I don't know if Liverpool will repeat, but my top four would probably go in no order: Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City, Man United. I think Man United got really, really good. This. I think the last stretch of the Premier League last season, they got. They probably. They were heating up. I have the same top four. I have it in a particular order where I think Man U will be fourth. Chelsea will be third, Liverpool will be second, and then I got Man City at first. Mm. I'm not sure. Where, I'm not sure where Pep's head's at at this point. Uh, I gotta. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how he's gonna. How well, he's gonna tackle this be, season? I think it'll be a lot closer in that top four than it has been over the past few years. Um, I think. Yeah, that, I think the I think the competition is finally. And I, honestly, I think Chelsea to me is still the weakest. Out of those three, I just I don't know. I'm not a fan. I think fan they get of... a really high ceiling though. Like if it yeah, comes together, but they lost a lot of players, man. They lost a lot of players. They but lost. They got a lot of guys too, didn't they? Yeah, but they lost William. They lost. Uh, right. God, what was his name? People, players leaving Chelsea. Well, they got they lost Kovacic earlier. Yeah. Like that was I think pretty early on in the year, if I'm not mistaken. Um. I'd have to go and check specifically. Let me see. Who they got. Oh, they got Timo Werner. That's right. That was a big one. Yeah. They got Ben Chilwell. That's a good signing. That's a really... Ben Chilwell is okay. I'm not a fan of Ben Chilwell. Uh, They got Tiago Silva. Tiago Silva. Yeah, okay. He's... He's a... How old is he? It was a free transfer. He's 35. Yeah. They lost William and Pedro. The other guys, I'm not really... Pedro, that's... Yeah. William Pedro. To me, William was a pretty interesting loss see how they kind of how the, i'm not sure how who's gonna step in there um they signed uh this guy called his his name is just nathan from club atletico uh Mineiro from i think that's a that's like a that's, that is like a uh brazilian team okay. but but I think the best team to me still, without a doubt, is Bayern Munich. If we're talking about all of Europe, I don't think anybody. Oh, Champions League, clo- yeah. No one's coming close to them. Like they are, to me, top of the top. But I do like that Timo Warner. I, I love Timo Warner. I'm a big Timo Warner guy. I want to see how, how good he does at Chelsea. I don't think, again, the Premier League is a different beast when it comes to all these different leagues. There, there's a lot more pressure. There's a lot more eyes on you. I want to yeah. see how he does. Yeah, I uh, I'm interested to see how he reacts to it because uh, RB Leipzig that's a uh, Bundesliga, right? Yeah, it's Bundesliga. Yeah, yeah. they're like a, they're honestly one of my I think they're probably one of my favorite Bundesliga teams. I would say they're up there. Yeah, them and uh, obviously Borussia Dortmund and um, Bayern are kind mm-hmm. of it seems like the class of that league. But I, there's a couple guys I think that uh, I'd also be interested in seeing make the leap. I know Thiago from Bayern has been linked to Liverpool and Man U. I think um, he already signed I think he already signed with Liverpool. Uh it's still up in the air. It was like still going from a about, sure oh, okay. thing to like uh maybe like he's still leaning Liverpool but they're not sure. There's like 
there's a whole thing where basically Georgino Wijnaldum's status with the team is up in the air because really he well if they bring in um, Tiago, that's basically a direct overlap with what Wijnaldum brings. So mm. Wijnaldum would probably go to Barcelona, um, but obviously Barcelona's got their own shit that they're figuring out. So everything's yeah. just kind of in flux. It's going to be a really interesting transfer window for those two teams. Yeah, but. Um, that that might be a case where Tiago leaves anyway, but I also wonder what'll happen with Jane Sancho. I'd like to see him in the Premier League. He might go to Man U or he might go to Barcelona if Messi does leave. You got Holland, yeah. who I don't think is ready yet, but will be ready someday. That'll be interesting. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's a it's a interesting kind of league though, because I guess the Bundesliga style would probably complement more of the uh La Liga game than Premier League. Mm, However, yeah, Pulisic so. has made a, a good transfer to the Premier League, yeah. I think, from Bundesliga. Anyway, uh, so, so far. I want to talk my shit a little bit mm-hmm. because with all this talk, you know, Liverpool already won the Premier League. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about the Bucks later, but they've won the offseason, I think it's safe to say. For sure. I mean, they had the biggest signings, yeah. Yeah. Celtics... And Bucks are also, by the way, top five in Super Bowl odds for the first time since I've even looked up Super Bowl odds. They've been in the top five. Celtics are looking like a top three team in the bubble. Technically, mm-hmm. they are the, according to 538, they are the favorites to win the finals at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Lightning have advanced to the Eastern Conference Finals pretty convincingly. Tampa Bay Rays are at the top of the American League and only behind the Dodgers in the MLB in record. I don't know if this is my year or not. I don't want to jinx it, but what I when's am the, saying when's the when's the shoe gonna drop? What I am saying is that if one of these remaining teams does not make a final, I will kill myself on this podcast. <laughs> wow, you put a lot of pressure on them. We'll put. We will put video content out by then you know it, it won't be the last thing will be the the super bowl so we have until february and uh yeah if, if we get through this run in october you know one of these teams hasn't hasn't won or hasn't gotten to the final at least then we're we're on the uh countdown to the end of my life <laughs> hopefully they don't disappoint you hopefully they have, well that that's what makes it interesting because if anyone's going to disappoint me it's most likely going to be the Bucks, just it's historically. Gonna the, it's just going to be the Bucks. Yeah, I, my money's on the Bucks. Yeah, if they don't make the, even if the other teams, you know, make the finals and all that, if the Bucks don't even make the playoffs. I might still kill myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly, to me, the Bucks they they have to make the playoffs. They have to make the playoffs. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like that is the the lowest bar is making the playoffs. Especially now that it's seven teams. I mean, there's really yeah. no excuse. They, we yeah. have the coaching staff, we have the players. Yeah. You know, the secondary is, you know, a little inexperienced, but the cornerbacks <laughs> ended the year very well. So mm-hmm. I, I just don't see an excuse, even with all the craziness going on this year. Yeah. I, I don't see why they they shouldn't make the playoffs. And I I would like to see them go into the playoffs as one of the best teams going they're not necessarily like they have to have one of the best will, records, but will they win the division i don't know the saints are really good yeah that's so the think, that's the biggest hurdle and they play the saints week one right uh yeah 
Yeah, they play Ooh, in New Orleans. Not that Ooh. And home field advantage matters. Yeah, unless they pump in crowd noise. Wait, are they are the Saints going to have fans in the stands? Not for that game. Um, not for that game. Okay. And and the Bucks announced also their first two games they won't have fans in the stands, and then they're going to really from there. Yeah, they're not going to do it. They, but what? I think it's because they're uh, they're actually working to like fit Raymond James Stadium to like handle COVID specifically. So I think they're like making modifications to it. They got like a federal grant and they're like making modifications to Raymond James Stadium that are supposed to be finished by like, I think mid-October or something. So uh, their initial plan would be to have fans back for the Green Bay-Tampa Bay game. So, All right. Okay. I'm kind of shocked the Bucks that like the Dolphins are having yeah. fans in the stands game day one. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, Stephen Ross is very reckless, so the yeah. Glazers are like dumb, kind of, but they're not reckless in any I way. Also, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. I also give it. I also give. I think the Dolphins. They just renovated that stadium, so I think that they're more. They have a. I think it's easier for them to set up COVID uh, stuff, you know, COVID protection and stuff for uh, the stands since it, it was just renovated like less than a year ago. I think maybe like a little bit more, like a little bit of a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. It was so. like 2018, 2017. Yeah. So yeah, the Bucks did some renovations too, when they were hosting the, um, the college football championship, but, um, they just really kind of like added scoreboards and repainted the seats. Uh, they didn't really mm-hmm. do anything beyond that. So they need to like, I guess, add some different stuff to, to yep. make sure it's in line with social distancing. On the other end, uh, fans will be allowed at the premier league, um, but Full I don't capacity? think it'll be until the end of the month. But they're going to allow fans in the stands towards the end of September. And then in October, I think they're looking to bring back like full crowds. But the first couple games, I don't think fans will be allowed. At least not at Anfield. And I'm assuming that'll be um, the general sense around the leagues to start with no fans slowly bring them in see how it goes and then if everything's going fine bring them back in full yeah oh well, i think europe is just dealing with this totally different so yeah they're they're kind of they they've addressed their issues pretty well um doesn't seem like it's a as much of a problem over there as it was and definitely not as big of a problem as it is over here so yeah, it looks like uh, they're planning on October for fans to come back in the stands. Yeah. So that'll be exciting. I mean, it's definitely... Oh, so here's something interesting. Away fans will be banned. I think that's smart. Yeah. I In all settings, I think you shouldn't have you shouldn't have. Oh, they'll be banned until of... next season. Yeah. Wow, interesting. Okay. I don't think you should have. But it's weird if I if American I live sports. if I live in the but if I live in the, live say if uh, Liverpool was playing Manchester City, and I lived in Liverpool, I couldn't go to the games. Well, I don't know about that. is that exactly what they're saying. I thought it was just like I, these people can't travel. Like you can't have yeah, anyone from yeah. out of out yeah, of but Liverpool I, or whatever. I think come. that's exactly what they're saying. But that wording in that in that in that article totally de- like just right. seems like if you're a fan of the away team, you can't come. Yeah, because like the Tampa Bay Green Bay games, like you'll you know you're probably gonna have like people specifically from Florida yeah. able to come. Or, yeah, but yeah. there's a lot of Green Bay fans in Florida, so there'll probably still be some Green Bay fans there. I mean, there's a lot of everybody fans in Florida. Yeah, everyone but Bucks. 
Dolphins and Jaguar fans. (laughs) Yep, that is that is for sure. Um, I guess we can go back. We were talking about it, but Leonard Fournette signed a one-year deal with your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Mm -hmm. and that was a really pretty good. It was a private deal, pretty much, but yeah, it was. I think a good signing. Yeah, good signing. I love the fit. Props to Jason Light for not trading any picks because I. I have a feeling he has wanted Leonard Fournette and has been sniffing around him since March, mm-hmm. but he probably felt that the Jags aren't going to hold on to him forever, so he was right. Yeah, Jags cut him, clears waivers, he signs him. Honestly, perfect Tom Brady running back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was. That's why. That's why I love the signing. Just the the perfect guy for Tom. Just to hand the ball off to, and just yeah. he could run the ball for three yeah. straight downs or as ever long as he needs to. And doesn't one thing really I need to catch the ball out of the backfield. Just needs to pull out yeah. right in front. <laughs> However, if he needs to catch the ball out of the backfield, I didn't realize this, but he had seventy five receptions last year. Yeah, I mean, like I think the year before that he was awful. So he got better, obviously, on yeah. the offseason last year. So as also. Long as- I love these Bucks uniform, the new Bucks uniforms. Yeah, they're like uh, they're classic. like a modern take on the the old Super yeah. Bowl ones. I hated the new ones. Oh, they're them. so awful. They were the worst uniforms in the NFL. Yeah, by far. So ugly. These are nice. I love. I dig these. I'm, I'm looking at the Leonard Fournette picture he posted on his Twitter. Yeah, uh, I think that helps too. I think uh, I think them having like this, you know, these new uniforms will make a big difference because it's the old look good, play good kind of. Yeah, of course. There you were. It's like, you know, when you like look, you're in the huddle and you look around and you just see a bunch of ugly ass jerseys that like just look corny as hell and it's a terrible franchise and Jameis is your quarterback. You're just not going to be that motivated. But then you see like those old Bucks ones that like were worn during a brief period of success in the franchise's otherwise embarrassing history. (laughs) And you have Tom Brady in the huddle and you guys actually are developing respect around the league already. Like the, what makes me more encouraged is like the Bucks have like in the opinion of the media won the off season before, but every other player was like, nah, fuck that team. You know, they're not going to be anything. They're never anything. But now all this stuff is happening. And then everything the players are saying they're the only people talking shit are the new Orleans saints. Everyone else is like, this team is stacked. You know, the Eric, Eric yeah. Ebron called them the golden state bucks. So, I think that this time the hype will actually be legitimate, and that they'll be hopefully a, a ten win team at least. But yeah, that's the that that to me is the minimum. Yeah, with Leonard Fournette there now, like the running back position is the only thing I was yeah. worried about, and now they've got the guy that's basically like perfect to at least give you like a good stable. I don't think like some people worried about Lashawn McCoy getting cut. I don't think they're going to cut him. I think they'll keep him. They'll have Ronald yeah, Jones. I think you, they'll probably yeah, just go yeah, five deep yeah. at running back. Yeah. I like that. I like your running back room. I think LaShawn McCoy probably won't play that much, probably till the playoffs or late in the season or the big games or whatever. But again, I think he serves a totally different purpose than what any of the other running backs on the team serve. Like, yeah, he is gonna. He's a screen guy. He's a catch out of the backfield guy. He's like a switch guy. He's gonna. He'll do a jet sweep guy. Like, there's a lot of things you can do with LaShawn McCoy with Leonard Fournette on the field at the same time. That yeah. is that could be really interesting. Yeah, with our top four running backs, they all like Fournette's the you know go to guy. He's can kind of do it all. He's a three yeah. down kind of guy. But yeah, Ronald Jones, who can like, he's a great one cut running back. You know, or at least p- could be a potentially great one cut running back. He started really picking it up towards the end of last season. 
You got I LaShawn love having, McCoy. I love having more than I like having like four good running backs. Yeah. And Dario Ngumbawale like kind of sucks in terms of running the ball and catching the ball, but he's a great pass blocker. And you so. still got Keyshawn Vaughn. Yeah, who apparently has been like not that good because he was under like COVID protocol and like got a little banged up in uh, camp. But you know, I still keep him on the on the oh, yeah, roster. I, 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 mean, I mean, you yeah, you spent a draft pick on him. Yeah, spent a spent a day two pick on him. So you know that there's some people worried about him getting cut too. It's like no way they're just gonna go five deep and they'll have five receivers and look, that'll if be you, if you cut Keyshawn it. Vaughn, I think the Dolphins should sign him. Yeah, they're they're not gonna cut Keyshawn Vaughn. They're they're also worried about the Bucks cutting Tyler Johnson, who they drafted in the fifth round because he's been hurt most of camp and hasn't looked good since he hasn't gotten many reps but they're not going to cut him either all these fucking people saying that it's ridiculous yeah anyway that's that's enough on the bucks just another another good move this offseason should pay off i mean i'm sure fournette will have a bit of a learning curve and probably won't get a ton of touches in week one but should work out well in the uh in context of the length of the season yep and uh, other news i think the dolphins probably have the worst receiving core (laughs) I'm not no, sure who's in the no game. love for Devonte Parker. I love Devonte, man, but other than him, and other than him, like that receiving core is in trouble. Is I mean, in trouble. Totally in trouble. I like Preston Williams. I think he's gonna have a breakout year, but I think within like this, I think within this, like outside those two guys, like it's slim pickings as far as the rotation goes. Like very very suspect we lost like dude like uh who said it It was uh albert wilson sitting out and oh he opted out he opted out he opted out of the season shit and another 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 receiver opted oh alan hearns okay like those two guys like if you had if if we had preston williams Devontae parker albert wilson and uh alan hearns and then we have jakeem grant who i think he honestly i think jakeem grant he could be a Tyreek Hill type of in this in the middle of the field, running fast, getting the ball, whatever. Yeah, he's super short, super short. But man, it's gonna be bad. That's why I'm kind of happy. Fitz is Fitz. It looks like Fitz is definitely gonna get the start. Like Tua, yeah. Tua, Tua has been the clear number two quarterback as far as reps goes and production. I follow all the Dolphin reporters and. uh it just looks like Fitz is going to start this season. I don't think Tua is going to probably play till if he ever. I don't think he honestly is going to play this season. But if he does, I don't think it's going to happen till like week seven or six. Yeah, I could see it happening later in the year. Maybe even later than week seven or six. Maybe like the last yeah. month. If you know, once yeah. they're once it's confirmed that they're out of the playoffs, because I just yeah, with all those opt outs and just in general, I didn't think it was their year to get to the playoffs. Yeah. I think it's another no, developmental sure. I, year. I, oh yeah, I, I expect honestly. At the most, seven wins. And yeah. that is me being really generous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think now you're probably looking at like four or five wins. Four. Yeah. I think, honestly, if we can get like two more wins than we got last season, I'd be pretty happy. But Wouldn't you guys get five wins? So seven and nine? Yeah. 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 I think seven and nine would be good, too. That's where I initially had them. But yeah, now yeah. that I'm looking at this receiving core, I wasn't aware that Albert Wilson and Alan Hearns had opted out. Yeah, opted out. So that's, that's not great. No. That is not good. Uh, we haven't made any attempts to sign any other uh, receivers. I think they're just waiting for NFL rosters just to cut a bunch of receivers, like they yeah, as they typically do, and then they're just going to scavenge because they've been uh, releasing players, looking like they're making room for someone or something like a, a pair of players. So, 
Yeah. We I'm, will see. In terms of receivers, you won't be signing. You won't be signing Josh Gordon because he has been re-signed by the Seahawks. Yeah. I mean... He, has gotten chance after chance after chance. It's crazy. It's crazy. He's so talented. He, yeah. He, he's a freak of nature. Let me tell you. I love he, Josh Gordon. Uh, he, his body, his game type, and the way he, like his body, his physical attributes are second to none. Yeah. He just mentally needs to find a way to stay on the field. But yeah. I don't know what the deal is with his reinstatement. I mean, he's. I think still under suspension. I don't know how long it's for, to be honest. But when he does get back on the field, now the Seahawks offense looks pretty good. Yeah, I think I would. I can't. I'm very interested to see how uh, DK Metcalf takes a step. Yeah, I. Uh, I wonder if this signing is something more of like a sense that DK Metcalf is like good, but probably not ready to be like the one guy that yeah i don't think to. i don't think he's ready to be the one guy either but i think he he needs he's gonna honestly yeah, russell wilson's got to target him more this season yeah, he's got to meet sure. he's got to be a focal point of the offense to see how he deals with that yeah but but it we'll uh see. yeah we'll see hopefully josh gordon will come and provide some relief and they got tyler lockett too yeah. they got greg wilson they got some options so they look they look decent yeah, I so would say Seahawks on, should be a good before, team. Before we move on to the uh, NBA, the story popped up, I think, last night that the Saints are looking to trade Alvin Kamara. That apparently has been worked yeah. out. Yeah, but hey, here's the thing. They said this all in order. The Saints put this out there, obviously. Yeah. All in order to make to, – to get a better deal on, a re-sign, on when they resign, Or not even to get a better I'm not even sure what they did, but – Alvin Kamara is obviously going to sign a big contract with the Saints. Yeah. Like, there's no way that they're going to trade him. He's, yeah, it doesn't make he's sense. He's too good. Yeah, he's too good. Like, he's, he's, like like a, a, he's a major part of the offense. Yeah. If you like, do about like, how good of a fit Fournette is with Tom Brady. I mean, Alvin Kamara, like, double that for his fit with Drew Brees. Like, that's, yeah, Drew Brees and Champagne. Like, and especially when Drew Brees le- leaves, like, Kamara deserves a lot of money because he's going to be the guy that your offense kind of flows through, whether it's Jameis or Taysom Hill or some rookie coming in to to be the new quarterback. Alvin Kamara is going to be the focal point of your offense at that point because yeah. he can do yeah. everything. So, yeah. And yeah. also, congratulations to Patrick Mahomes. He proposed to his longtime girlfriend. Oh, that's nice. Did he do it with the Chiefs Super Bowl ring? Yeah. That'd be pretty baller, honestly. I think he did do that. Uh, uh, oh no, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't. But uh, uh, you know, sorry, one more story. You gotta get out there. Madden Twenty One released, and fans are not happy. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And I, I've been saying this. I'm not even sure when, but I've been saying this for a long time. Madden fucking sucks. Two mm-hmm. K is right. on the road. To me, Two K is slowly is on the road to becoming a madden i'm sorry if you're a fan of 2k just the uh, i do not li- I, I do not like the way 2k is going i don't, I don't like the trends I but agree. nick do you are you aware what metacritic is yes so the metacritic user score for madden 21 can you can you want to want to try to guess what the Ooh, user okay, score is i was just gonna google it but i i didn't see it yet so i'm gonna guess 41 well i'm sorry it's out of 10 
Oh, oh, Metacritic got a ten. Okay, yeah, I thought. Okay. Um, it it's 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 it, it's uh it's like a it's by it's like a one hundred point scale, but it's like. 1.5, 2.5, 6.5, 7.5, like 7.7, but okay. it's 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 within 10. Well, I guess by that logic, I would go, you know, 4.0. Incorrect. 0. 0.3. Oh! <laughs> 0. 0.3, 2,134 wow. negative user reviews. Yikes! I mean, that sounds about right, though. I guess <laughs> I just I thought that there would be yeah. like enough people that like like the arcade style that it turned into, or that there would be like some EA Sports plants being like, "It's pretty good, the best man ever." And, and you know, the people, the people that would, most like, upset. Balance the scales. Yeah, the people most upset are the people like you and me who love franchise mode. Yeah, well, I lo- like, like well, franchise mode has not seen. Any improvements, I would say it looks like since 2018, Madden 18, I would say Madden 17. since 2005. <laughs> it's been yeah. a downward trend since then. Madden 05 was like the last good, like really good Madden game. Everything else has been just okay to terrible. Yeah. Since then. It's honestly, it's to me, and it's really fucking outrageous that a lot of these like major video game sites give this game like positive reviews because like. The game is so buggy, like mm. they don't. It, it has looked the same since I don't even know. It hasn't like changed the look. It plays the same, the same mechanics, like the same and running animations, the, like the, the same throwing anime. Oh, tackles look awful. Like I don't honestly, I don't even know what to do with Matt anymore. Honestly, just take a year off, but take more than one year off on it and revamp the whole system. Like I'm, I'm so done with Madden and with and with 2K. I have no interest in playing them. I love. I think 2K is a little bit better. Like, but again, I think 2K like the player movements are so slow. It's so stiff. It doesn't feel like yeah. real basketball. Like you play, you play 2K and you play as the Nuggets and you play as uh the Joker, and, and he is so slow and like he feels like he's like playing like you're playing in mud but when you've watched him in real life play he's so fluid in the way he play. like he's not he's not slow at all right <laughs> yeah well that's that's the problem is like with all these games like speed and agility are like the only things that matter whereas like court awareness and iq and strength in particular should mean a lot more like with yeah. uh with fucking 2k like when i play against lebron they like supercharge him naturally and that's okay because he is like a supercharged athlete but the way they do it doesn't make sense they make it seem like he's constantly like crossing people over and things like that well that's not his game at all he just like bullies his way to the rim or he like does these step back threes and he's like there's literally people out because i'm a fucking nerd and i love the simulation style i want it to play like the game unfolds and there's people that like try to fix it and it yeah, takes them so like, many, the like entire I, year. Yeah. <laughs> I give I give 2K credit cuz they do allow like uh, they do allow the fans to like upload sliders and rosters and stuff like yeah. uh, fans like there's so many different sliders and stuff that like, you could download and like people are like this is 100% realistic. And then yeah. like you play and like I, uh, it's it's better yeah. than base 2K. Like base 2K the speed like when like when in the settings in 2K like you can go into the settings and look at game speed like 
if you play at the normal rate, everyone is so slow. It's so slow. Yeah. It's incredibly frustrating how bad the settings are in 2K. Like, I, honestly, I don't know if you're like what you do with games like with simulator game, like simulation games like this. Like, I'm not sure how you fix it, but like, they're so to me like. I can't play them. The only one I play religiously is FIFA, and that's because I think FIFA is a different type of game. And people, and don't get me wrong, people hate FIFA. Yeah, they do for sure. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I am. I don't know. I can. I get over it really fast with FIFA. I'm not sure what it is. I think FIFA to me just like it. It plays the most like the like what I'm actually watching. I'm not like the player animations look the same. Like they run the same. Like the speed of the game is like I would say a little bit faster than real life, but it's still it's to me way more fun than playing any of these other games. Yeah, and it has to be faster than real yeah. life too, just because like you can't play you know the actual ninety minute pace. But yeah, and like you can play, I mean, and you and me both do. We play like twelve minute quarters in two K. Yeah, like we try to get it down to like because like that that's the only fair way, honestly, to play two K. Because other than that, it's just if you don't play like that, it's just bullshit. Yeah, well, I like the flow of the game. Even on FIFA, like I don't, I don't play twenty minutes or anything like that, and I haven't like manipulated the sliders. Yeah, I play like I think I play like eight minute uh, halves. I do, I do ten minutes now. I found a set on Operation Sports that like is pretty challenging. It's like I get a pretty realistic amount of shots. Although, granted, my team like I've got a Liverpool career mode going on right now, mm-hmm. and what annoys me about FIFA is like how important morale is in this game. Because, mm-hmm. like, we lost one game by one goal. It was over some bullshit, too. It was going to be a 0-0 draw, um, which was going to be, like, the first time I scored 0 since I changed yeah, it. Yeah, and don't even get me started. Like, FIFA has, like, script. Like, the games are scripted before you even play it. That's yeah. Me, the, that is, to me, the biggest. I hate that about FIFA. I hate that. Because, like, crazy. I, I'll be playing as Man City, and I'll go against fucking uh, Bortmouth. And Bortmouth will just, like... I'm not sure. They'll just like cross it over the half, and then some, they'll, they'll cross it to the middle, and some dude will do a bicycle kick, and they'll, 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 then I'll go to the other side, and I'll like have a shot on goal, clear Kevin De Bruyne goal, misses completely to the left. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> like, dude. The, the game so I lost shitty. zero to one. Man, I fucking like saved. I, there was a penalty, which it was a penalty on me. I like slid in the box, and I was going for the ball, and I just fucking didn't time it out right and then the guy trips over Virgil's feet and it's you know a penalty whatever but I saved the penalty it's like five minutes left in the game I saved it then they go back cross it into the box and they fucking get another penalty off bullshit when I didn't even touch the guy <laughs> barely like it was so ridiculous and they get a penalty and they win and then after that it's like the rails have to fall off the team there is no bounce back game and like I play Wolverhampton they get every ridiculous goal and then I like all of a sudden I'm getting, like, the same amount of shots off, but, like, they just keep going fucking so wide. It's ridiculous. And, like, all of a sudden, everything that I was doing before isn't working. And it's, like, I guess you could, like, contribute it to the game, like, figuring out how you play and, like, wanting you to change your tactics. But I I don't know. I I don't think it gets that deep, though, because it's, like, I've been doing the same thing for, like, all these fucking games, and, like, none of this has ever happened. And it also, like when it gets to a certain point where it wants you to lose, I will literally be pointing like, 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 let's say I want to pass it to the dude on my right. I like aim the stick and everything that passed to the dude on my right. And then I'll aim it to some dude like in the complete opposite direction or I'll yeah. like put the power on it just right. Like I'm clearly putting extra power on this cause I want it to go to the guy past, you know, the one closest to me. 
and it'll still yeah. pass it to the guy that's like double covered and fucking like then i lose possession in the box and all that it's ridiculous so that will piss yeah. me off sometimes but with that being said still a million times better than any madden installment of the last 15 years yeah and also like when like the flow of fifa to me is so good that's why i keep playing them is like when I like have a nice long ball that goes from the other side of the field, and like one of my players gets it, and he's on sides, he's running, and then I have someone following, and I could like like the flow of the game to me feels so much, so much better than anything I've like any two K or NBA game, or, yeah. I'm sorry, any NFL game. Yeah, the the flow of Madden games is like there there really is no flow. It's just constant like big play shit or like you know you're there that's another thing that that's kind of an issue with fifa too and with nfl um is there's no real like in between i feel like nba 2k there's like better in terms of like okay this difficulty is too easy but the next difficulty usually translates pretty well like once you get good enough at that with fifa and with madden these ea sports games it's just like you could be playing on like the standard like professional or all-star difficulty or whatever. Then you bump it up to like world class or all Madden and all of a sudden it's like just deliberately doing everything it can to sabotage you. Not making yep. it more difficult and making like the logic better of the players, um, the CPU, but like just actively not doing what you say or like making your stuff that was, you know, that should be more accurate, just completely inaccurate. Like it's response in madden instead of like the defender actually like competing for the ball against your receiver is to mm-hmm. instead have you overthrow your receiver by 15 yards like that's yeah. that's the logic behind it and like with fifa sometimes the logic is just like okay um instead of the um ai having like a more sophisticated attack even though your sprint speed and acceleration is set to the same level we're just going to make every player on the opposing team faster than you Yep. Even though, even though that's not the case, and that you actually have some of the fastest defenders and like best defenders in the league, so yeah, that's where it's um, frustrating. EA should honestly, honestly, like make me the creative director of a uh, Madden going forward, and I'd, I'd make the best Madden game there ever was. True. Yeah. Uh, I'm not even bullshitting you. I would. <laughs> I'm not. You definitely. I'm would. not joking. I definitely would. I'd make the best one because I'd make honestly, the game that I would want to play. So many people like, would make it better. It's just they they have no incentive to make it better. Like 2K and Madden are falling under basically that like they're getting lazy because they yeah. don't have to be good. Because they realize like, yeah. Done, you know, yeah, like, also they, and they also realize, oh, people don't play the uh, franchise. All they do is play Ultimate Team and they, all they do is play my team or my yeah. player and they don't give a fuck. They just want the like and also it's becoming a microtransaction like fuck fest yeah that's where they make their money they make their money with all those microtransactions and like you know my cousins you know both like kevin watches some sports every now and then but his knowledge just comes from like playing those sports games so he doesn't really give a fuck about how the game actually plays it's all just the arcade mode style ultimate team stuff and neighborhood and everything and same with my cousin dustin who doesn't watch sports at all he likes those games because of Ultimate yeah. Team and my team and everything. And that's not why I play them, but that brings in a wider audience because people that don't actually watch sports but admire the culture can feel like they're involved in it, you know, in this way where yeah. it just really has no basis in reality. But there's people yeah. like us that like the sports games with a basis in reality and like yeah. games like in general that sometimes have a basis in reality in some fashion. Yeah, there's a place for those. Like, honestly, 
I like in Madden 21 they have this new thing called backyard mode, which is just NFL Street. Yeah, but but what? it. it which it looks cool, and apparently it's it's like it's still not it's not working right. And I think with a couple updates it'd be fine. But right. that's like I'm more interested in like a football game that is like an NFL. If they made like a new NFL Street, I'd be all over it easily. Yeah. Like that it, to me, like oh football, but it, like that that's where the arcade version of football belongs. Is like in that like NFL Street or that backyard mode, not in the base game. Yeah, well, I it, I think what's happening, I guess a way to really sum it up is that these sports games now are putting a bunch of $20 games together and then charging $60. Like, you know, yeah. I wouldn't pay $60 for an NFL street, but I would pay $20. I wouldn't mm-hmm. pay $60 for Ultimate Team, and I wouldn't even pay 20 but people could definitely pay $20 for, like, Madden Online arcade mode. And yeah. then you have, like the shitty franchise mode where it's like if you're charging $20 for it I guess it's not that big of a deal but because like I buy the game for franchise mode mm-hmm. I'm pissed off because I'm not getting $60 worth of franchise mode or like gameplay yeah, same with I NBA 2K yeah. so that's why I don't I don't spend $60 on it anymore I haven't bought Madden since Madden 17 um, I haven't uh, I bought NBA 2K this year but I didn't buy it full price I bought it at like $25 I don't know what I'm going to do for 2K21. I'm just going to wait and see how the PS5 version plays and looks um, yeah. and then make my decision there. I'll probably get FIFA 21 because from the improvements that I've read about, it looks it looks solid. And it looks like they actually put a lot of effort into career mode this year. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll probably get that one. But I, I'm undecided on 2K. Definitely not getting Madden. So... Um... A couple of months ago, uh, 2K and the NFL signed a deal to where 2K could make NFL games, but not sim- not like uh, simulation games, but more like the street arcade type of games. So we'll see if um, if we get like a like a street another street game, which you is know, what I'd want. You know what I was saying to uh, Kevin the other day? I think I was saying it to Kevin and Dustin to bring them back into the conversation. I would love to see like the rock bring xfl back for you know him to get some momentum going and for 2k to get the xfl deal and to show that they can make a great simulation football game and then when people play that xfl game they're like wow this play is like the old maddens used to play and this is like you know this is exactly what we've been wanting then by the time that license expires with ea sports NFL might be like, well, we'll probably go with 2K because they'll provide the better game because they've shown that they can master the arcade style with this other license, and then they show yeah. they can master the simulation style with the XFL thing. So we'll just combine it together mm. and get 2K. Mm. That's what I'm hoping. It won't happen, but that would be ideal, and that's what 2K should be angling for. But 2K should also you know, clean their own house and make sure that NBA 2K doesn't fall down the same hole as Madden yeah uh moving on we spent f- almost an hour not talking about basketball <laughs> <laughs> yeah the basis of this show yeah so i think we should start with this the brooklyn nets hire hall of famer steve nash as their head coach this is a shocking hire because it came out of completely out of nowhere no one knew yeah. that steve nash was even con- being considered as a head coach but uh, I'm not sure. Uh, we'll see how this goes. I think this, to me, reminds me a lot of the Jason Kidd signing when he signed with uh, Milwaukee. But this is also a different 
this is this is different because the Nets are already they already have all their star pieces aligned. So yeah, we'll I'm see. interested to see how this is going to go. My gut feeling is yeah. that it will, will go well, but I definitely see a universe where this goes poorly. Yeah, so, he signed a four year contract. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he's a great basketball mind. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, I thought the same thing about Jason Kidd, but that didn't necessarily work out in anywhere that he's gone. So. Yeah. I don't know though. I think Steve Nash has a has a different kind of approach too. I mean, we haven't really seen him as a coach, but as a player, he's always seemed very in control. It is a unique dynamic with him being around Kyrie and Kevin Durant. I mean, I yeah. I always thought that they were going to hire someone that like would be I guess like more of a leader of of men and maybe Steve Nash is that, but like I think Ty Lue and Mark Jackson everything like the reason that Kyrie and KD I think wanted someone like that is because it's someone that will like actually check star players like they Kyrie and KD their natural instinct is to complain and try to take control of the situation and all that but I think they do like that kind of person that checks them like the reason Ty Lue worked out in Cleveland when LeBron and Kyrie were there was that Ty Lue wouldn't take the shit so he wasn't like he was down to let them draw it up and everything like that but he was the kind of guy that could make decisions without necessarily feeling beholden to either of those guys. So I don't know if Steve Nash is that kind of person, but I guess we will see. Yeah. I think uh, I'm, well, I'm, I'm hesitant to say this is a good signing. I think it's probably the right signing for, to keep, to keep KD and Kyrie happy because like, I think players like that, like you said, they like someone who's been in their shoes. Like Steve Nash mm-hmm. for, is a former MVP, all-star, like well-recognized around the league. He has ties to so many different players like R.J. Barrett, who's his, uh, I think, his godson. Oh, which I will be very interesting. Yeah, cool. uh, we'll see. Well, uh, I would love to see R.J. Barrett on the net somehow, which I don't think will happen. But yeah. Hey, could, cool. hey, anything's possible with the Knicks. Yeah, anything is possible with the Knicks. You can talk them into anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll see how this goes. I'm hesitant to say it's a good signing, like I said, but we'll see. I I am uh, I am optimistic about it because like how how awful of a head coach you have to be with KD and Kyrie to not make the playoffs. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I really I think that they'll. It'll probably be some some growing pains. I don't see him as like you know a first year championship winner, which is probably what a lot of people are going to expect in Brooklyn next year with KD and Kyrie. But it could definitely work out in the long term. Yeah. So I think before we move on to the East, there was some big game sevens in the West. Oh, we'll start with the one that to me uh, the least interesting, which it was still fascinating, which was the OKC Rocket series. The Rockets pulled it out, man. Yeah. Somehow, some way. Exhausting path, like last yeah. three seconds of that game. That was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Insane was a, it, set of scenarios happened. Like yeah. some stuff. Like last night was such a weird night for basketball. Like as far as like the rules go, I've never seen this. So yeah. at the end of the game, I'm watching it now. Um, it's three seconds left on the clock. OKC is down one. They get the ball and they pass it to Nort, who uh, Dort. I'm sorry, Dort, who the best shooter alive, best shooter alive. He uh, 
he he catches the ball. He goes for the shot. James Harden with a great hustle play blocks the ball. Yeah, great defense. And then even a, and and then a great awareness play to not get hit by Dort's. Mm-hmm. Dort catches the ball. Try Dort tries to hit it off James Harden to make it go out of bounds, but James Harden avoids it. Great play by James Harden. Yeah. Uh, but while this was happening, Chris Paul calls a timeout. They say, "Oh no!" The uh, uh, when James Dort went up to get the ball, his foot was out of bounds, which it was. So that negated the whole that whole thing. So it's Rockets ball. Rockets get the ball, and then uh, uh, there's so the OKC still had foul to give. They foul, and they foul again. So they take what? So what happened after that? Then, uh, oh, then I think it was Covington or someone went one for two. Yes, from the line. yes, Covington went one for two. Billy Donovan takes the timeout, and then this is where the uh, insanity happens. Um, <laughs> or added insanity because it's already yeah. at this point like what the fuck's going on? I was already yeah. confused as to what was happening. So, on the inbound play, the next inbound play, there was a foul. A foul before before the inbound before the before the inbound and before the timeout. There was a a so a so called foul on James Harden on Chris Paul. Yeah. Didn't look like a foul, but didn't I guess look, was like, a foul. I didn't see anything. Yeah, he looked like he was playing defense. <laughs> looked like he was just playing defense. They called yeah. the foul, and then they go review it, and then they say it's a foul. They're taking one shot. <laughs> And yeah. then they're inbounding, and I'm like, "What?" Because there's a discussion about um, because they, I guess the rule is if it's if the foul occurs before the ball is inbounded, then you get one free throw, basically like a tech, you know, without assigning a technical foul to anyone. But it's basically like a technical free throw, and then you inbound the ball again. Um, so that's what happened. They put Gallinari on the line, yeah. and he shot the free throw, missed it. But Missed I it, guess which doesn't matter in the big scheme of things. The debate but. was that if the foul had occurred while the ball was being inbounded or when the ball was inbounded or something Yeah, it would like have that, been two free throws, right? It would have been two free throws. And then then yeah. it would, possession would have gone to Houston, I think. Yeah. So so he misses the free throw. They inbound. They, they Now they have another chance to inbound it. And they just – and then Billy Donovan takes another time. He takes two timeouts, right? Yeah, or did he yeah, take one? He, I, I, th- I think he actually just took one. One, but they, but I feel like because the, the challenge when Covington yeah, went one for two. Yeah, so and then when they reviewed it, yeah. and then when they reviewed it, he had time to drop a play. Yeah, and they just fucking fart on the inbound play, like totally just fart on the inbound play. Like yeah. they just needed two points. They couldn't get the like they couldn't. They it pretty it just ends in a steal. Like Stephen Adams, like is like at the top of the key looking for uh, it, honestly so. Horrendous. I was texting my friend who watches NBA. Uh, he used to be my professor in college. He was saying that what OKC was trying to do is like throw the ball off the back of Steven Adams and then like, you know, get a shot off or something like that. Which oh to me, I don't know why he was saying like, I don't think you understand what they were trying to do. It's like, even if they were trying to do that, that's such a dumb fucking play yeah. in use of Steven why Adams in that, that situation. Like he's one of the best screen setters yeah. in the NBA. At least run some screen action with him where someone's getting, you know, trying yeah, to get open or up or roll or get if you if you're like honestly, they just needed two points. And yeah. no one on the Rockets is going to stop Steven Adams going to the basket. The worst thing that's going to happen is he's going to get fouled and he's going to go to the line. Yeah, and then like, you know whatever happens happens. You, yeah, there. whatever <laughs> happens happens, but like yeah. to like I don't know, man. Like they could have. There were so many different ways to go. Give the ball to Chris Paul. Like find it. Get set. Let Adam set a screen. Get the ball to Chris. Why Shea Gills Gills Alexander was inbounding the ball? I have no idea. 
man. The, he he should uh, yeah. be the one shooting it. Yeah. He should or be getting should open. be the one on the court. Yeah. He should be getting open from a Steven Adams screen while you have Dort in a corner somewhere drawing attention because he's the best shooter alive that night. And then have fucking whoever else, yeah, I guess Schroeder, you know, like get find a fucking play where Schroeder cuts to the basket or something like that. One of those people is gonna be open. One yeah. of them's gonna be open. Not throw it off the ball where fucking you know, or throw it off the back of Steven Adams where there's three rockets right there, including PJ Tucker, best fucking defender on the team. And you know, see what happens because I think even when they throw it off the back, it's like, what are you gonna do? You're gonna shoot over Steven Adams, your own seven footer, like right there. Like, what that makes no sense geometrically, it's just so dumb. Yeah, awful, 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 awful. Yeah, awful. but congratulations Terrible. to the Rockets. OKC okay, so should, okay, so should have won that game, in my opinion. I think OKC okay, should have won the series. I think, I, I don't know, to me, I think they they played a little bit harder the whole series, but I guess, uh. I don't know. James Harden, I think a James Harden versus LeBron series is interesting. So and Russell Westbrook, I, I found out like as yeah. much as I've hated on the Rockets throughout this entire year, I do like Russell Westbrook on the Rockets. I, I He adds at least a dimension that makes that team somewhat fun to watch. You know, I hate it. I hate watching the Rockets without Russell Westbrook. It's the most boring brand of basketball ever. I get that it's all metrics and everything. That's fine. They do what they want to do. But Russell Westbrook adds some excitement, at least, especially last night when in clutch time he became Westbrook. It was great to watch. <laughs> also, uh, um, Billy Donovan just saved Mike D'Antoni's career in Houston. So, but Yeah, for, for a round. I mean, I think the, the expectation in Houston is like, this better get us to the fucking finals or else, or game seven of the Western Conference finals. Yeah. Which I don't think uh, is going to happen. No, I don't think so either. Um, so then the other game seven to me, which was a far better game, was obviously the Jazz versus the Nuggets. And again, this is a game I think the Nuggets to me played so much better throughout the whole game. Like that game seven, I feel like the – not the Nuggets, I'm sorry, the Jazz yeah. played so well. And in the series I feel too. Like in the whole series, man, I, I feel so bad for the Jazz. I think they really should have won that game. I think it was kind of took it from taken from them. Yeah, well, I I feel mostly bad for Donovan, Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell, because who honestly, was... we've been saying. I think you you we've been saying. Hey, look, high vertical for nothing. We're consistent. We've been big fans of Donovan Mitchell throughout. I think through before he honestly he started his rookie year. I was I was pretty high on him, um, but he's he's looking like he's going to sign a max deal with Utah, which is a bit disappointing. But I understand it. He wants to. He wants to make Utah his thing. He could definitely make it his team, his his area. But again, that game was that whole series was awesome. What a great series He's, of basketball! Yeah. That was, was really that was fun. the best first round series by yeah. far. Watching him and Jamal Murray, who I'm also a big fan of, yeah, yeah. has been a real treat. Even though the the last game didn't kind of meet the hype that was set up for mm-hmm. it it was it was actually it was honestly impossible man like yeah you're asking these like donovan mitchell to score 50 points again like he to me played an awesome fourth quarter man bringing his team back oh yeah awesome man totally 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 worth it and like also people forget that they have the nuggets have nicole Jokic, who is the best big in the nba who scored like 30 points <laughs> yeah yeah Nikola Jokic. yeah that was like the the whole thing is like the focus was on Murray and this, Mitchell and then this Nikola game Jokic's seven, like yo I'm here too <laughs> this game seven really should if I'm the Jazz front office look at trading Rudy Gobert I'm just gonna say I'm it sure they they have been looking at 
trading he, him since March 14th. Yeah. <laughs> Look into trading Rudy Gobert for another piece. For, I'm not sure what you can you can get something for. Plenty of teams will trade a a pig in a handbasket for Rudy Gobert. Uh, but I would definitely look to, I don't know, try to compliment Donovan Mitchell's playing styles. I think Mike Conley, I think he's probably not, I wouldn't resign him after that. Like, oh, no. He, he had a terrible game seven. Terrible game seven. I think he hasn't really fit. He's actually played a pretty, I think he's played okay in the bubble, like, consistent enough. Like, yeah. I mean, like, look, they got to the playoffs and like, I mean, they almost took the Nuggets down. They're being an underdog. But, Honestly, not passing to Donovan Mitchell when he was wide open, man. That's yeah. That, that's outrageous. And you're a point guard, dude. I mean, I get it. You're 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 a vet. You're a vet. You've taken these big shots before, but he was all by himself, man. Yeah. He also, <laughs> I mean, the look on his face showed me that he's not going to be in Utah for much nah. longer. I mean, he's got to sign his extension because it's not like yeah. he can sign with another team, and the Jazz won't match it. The Jazz are definitely going to match it. So yeah. he kind of has nowhere to go anyway. But once he gets through, you know, like it's going to be an Anthony Davis situation where it's like as soon as I can leave, I'm forcing my way out. And he will yeah. force a trade before that because there's like no – it's just not a good fit for yeah. him. It's great for yeah. Utah. It's not great for him. Now we'll say this. I think the Nuggets match up with the Clippers way better than what Utah matched up with the Clippers. Yeah. And I think the a Clippers Nuggets series is way more fascinating than a uh, Clippers Nug- uh, Jazz series. I'm just saying, as a fan of basketball, I think the Jazz deserve to win that series. Yeah, I still don't think the the Clippers and Nuggets will be that close, but I think the Clippers and Jazz would have been a sweep. Yeah, sweep. I think this is gonna. I think, I think we'll go over after we. Uh, I think yeah, we should do predictions on the West. Where do how. Uh, who do you, who are you taking Lakers or Lakers Rockets? I know there's a hot take in there. Come on, say it. I know you I got, want to say it. Well, I got I do have the Lakers winning, so I'll, I'll cool I'll cool off the play a little bit. But I do think the Rockets have an outside chance at beating the Lakers. I could see this going six seven games. I got Lakers in six for right now, but it is I got not, Lakers in five. It is not beyond the realm of possibility of the Rockets winning this. Yeah, but I just I don't. I think especially I, with the so rest, with the Rockets coming off seven games, you don't know how healthy Russ actually Anthony is. Anthony Davis is going to, I think, have a career a career series. Yeah, you just got to feed gonna AD. Go just feed yeah, AD. He's going to go off. Yeah. So I, It's going yeah. to be like, oh, my God, AD is so good. He's amazing. He's scoring 40 points a game in this series. Here's the thing, though, why I, why it's not going to be like, you know, a, a quick sweep or anything like that. Maybe It may be five games. I can see that. But I see the Rockets taking one because you know they're going to double AD in the post, and then yeah. AD's got to kick it out to what three-point shooter, you know, or what, what guy that can drive to the basket with consistency other than LeBron. So mm, all the Rockets have to do is just – keep it close and win the minutes in which LeBron is not on the floor. Mm-hmm. It's going to be an annoying series for the Lakers. I feel, I think, I feel like the Lakers are going to come out of this series a little bit more fatigued than they would have otherwise. Yeah. Well, they get a lot of wings to, yeah. to defend. So like it, every, and they're physical too. So it is, it's not going to be like, you know, the, not some scrub team that they can just dunk over all the time. I mean, they're small, but they like, they'll wear you out. So yeah, could be and interesting. then we got. I think the Nuggets Clippers. I'm gonna say that is gonna go six games. Clippers, maybe I got, seven. I can see it going seven. I, eh, I don't. I don't see it going seven. I could see the Clippers winning. I, I have them winning in five, maybe six. But I think, uh, especially if 
Pat Beverly's back. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a defensive intensity that's even more ramped up than, than the Nuggets had. I, maybe the Nuggets could take game one or something like that because the Clippers have been known to fall asleep at the wheel throughout this year. But mm-hmm. when, when they're motivated, they're the best team in basketball. So. Yeah, for sure. And then moving on to the East, we've been we're in a we are in the middle of two good series for both of us. The Heat are up two zero on the Bucks, and the Celtics are up two zero on the Raptors. With the Raptors and the Celtics playing tonight. Uh, uh, man, I guess I'll start with my Heat. Last night's game was the the ending of last night's game was that was another ridiculous. yeah crazy one where I did not know what this the is, rules were. Yeah. <laughs> the rules. Got little little buggy last night. Let me. I'm, I'm gonna watch like the last couple minutes while uh, while I talk about it. So the Heat are up 113, 109. Uh, the Bucks. It's there's 13 seconds left. Yeah. They inbound. The Heat inbound the ball. Goran tosses it to Jimmy. The Bucks trap and Jimmy tosses it up. Brooke Lopez steals. Scores two points. They're down two points. They they Heat inbound. They foul Jimmy. He goes to the line. He makes his free throws. Didn't he go one for two? I'm sorry. Yeah, he went one for two. Because then that made it one fourteen, one eleven. One three point game. Nugget. Uh, Bucks take a timeout. Uh, drop a play for Chris Middleton, and this is where the f- buffoonery begins. Let me say, uh, Middleton gets fouled on a three point attempt by Goran Dragic, and this is awful i would say this is a this is not as bad as the one that is coming after this one but this was a really bad call this oh, is yeah. a no call this, this is, is a no off this is a no call this is the playoff yeah, you the, don't call this the foul after i could see calling that but the that foul yeah that made no sense they like steve javis to say well he yeah. leaned forward and bumped Ooh. into him like, <laughs> steve javis is a fucking bro he's he a just joke. can't sell out the refs that's the whole he's thing with joke. the media in general they can't sell out the ref like luckily doris was like no i adamantly yeah. disagree doris was right yeah. in my opinion yeah doris was totally right he goran has he, like she said in the broadcast he has a right to his space just as much as chris middleton has a right to his space yeah and chris middleton totally lean like got in like Goran Dragic is he didn't I would say if Goran Dragic bent his arms I would call I would say no doubt that's a foul yeah. his arms were completely straight he did not enter the shooting motion he did not disrupt the shooting motion of Chris Middleton Chris Middleton came down and landed awkwardly and the fucking what was this ref's name what's this ref's name F- fucking uh, face yeah uh this guy calls a foul like and then he then Chris Middleton makes Makes both makes all of his three Grant makes all of his free throws. throws. Credit to him on that. Yeah, but. yeah credit to, credit. He made all three free throws, and then Eric Spo takes a timeout, draws up a play. Jimmy then then uh, the ball ends up in Jimmy's hands on the left side of the court. He's double teamed by Wesley Matthews. Well, I'll give credit to Wesley Matthews. Played a great hell of a defensive game. Yeah. I didn't think he could play that good of defense on Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Played a great defensive game. Has me worried for the rest of the series. Uh, closes out. He does a good job, but Giannis touches <laughs> and, Jimmy MVP. right on MVP, the defensive player of the year. <laughs> mm-hmm. Touches touches Jimmy right uh, as he shoots, as he releases the ball, touches Jimmy right on his hip. Jimmy falls down. They call a foul. Yeah. So now and now now and, this is where the buffoon. This is where the rules are weird. No, I haven't seen. I don't think that a game's ended like this in a long time. I, I would say never for, seen an ending like this. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> 
Double zeros are on the clock. Jimmy goes to the line with two free throws. And all he has to do is make one to win. And by the way, also, the rule is no one near him. They all have to stand at half court. Yeah. That's not true. They all they like they're standing. I'm watching right now. They're standing at the three point line, and Chris Middleton is not. Chris Middleton is okay. like right, but, right next to him. But no one in the paint. No one in the paint getting ready to grab a rebound or anything. Nope. So, uh, Jimmy makes both free throws. Heat win. One sixteen, one fourteen. Heat are up two zero. Giannis definitely touched Jimmy. I also yeah. I will say as a neutral observer, I'm you know I obviously want the Heat to win, but. Um, from like the neutral eye that's a rough call to make you can make it sure and i think that it's fair given that they basically fucked the heat over on the other end but yeah it's the playoff they shouldn't have called either foul in my opinion but it should the game should have ended i think should have ended right after chris milton missed that three but yeah yeah but yeah if your precedent is oh we're gonna call that foul on middleton then yeah you definitely have to make that call on jimmy butler so yeah um so yeah, definitely a weird ending to the game. Also, um, another coach, Mike Budenholzer, uh, disappointing. It seems like once you get the Bucks out of their rhythm, they're very easy to beat. Not a ton of adjustments that I see. No. So you know, it's a lot of if what they do works, then great. If it doesn't work, and it like, and this is another thing I had concerns about too with Milwaukee is they haven't been in a lot of close games this year, and they've had two close games against Miami, who has had a ton of close games. Mm-hmm. And Miami has prevailed, so I think that once it gets down to the nitty gritty, they're going to choke a little bit. Mm-hmm. And Giannis, I think Bill Simmons has said this before, and I agree with him that Giannis is the best player in the league for the first forty-seven minutes. The last minute, he, I probably Shrinks. wouldn't want. I probably wouldn't take him over Jimmy Butler in the last minute. Yeah. I'd say that much. Uh, also, Jimmy Butler only scored ten points. Yeah, and I think that's a, that's a bit frustrating if you're the Bucks, like. You stop the guy who scored 40 points in game one. He only scored 10. But then the Heat have like eight other players in double digits. Yeah. And that's and, and you're not seeing the same on the Bucks, where like, yeah. you know, they didn't step up that first game when Giannis had an off game. And then Giannis has a pretty good game last night. Yeah. And still no one else is really helping him out. So yeah. it, uh, really interesting to see how the rest of the series go. I'm not really calling it Heat, Heat win the series yet. I think the Bucks still have it, obviously. Now have it have have it within them to come back and make it a series, no sure. doubt about it. But I think game three is going to be huge. I think the game three, yes. if we if the Heat win game three, then I'm all in on the Heat winning the series. But if we if we don't win Friday night, I am going to be very nervous moving forward. <laughs> right? Yeah, much like I'm going to be nervous too. Like I'm I'm yeah. always nervous until the series ends too. I was nervous while up three yeah. zero against Philly, but yeah. because you never want to be that first team that blows the three zero lead either. Yeah, but I. Uh, I had the Heat beating the Bucks in seven before all this. Now I have the Heat beating the Bucks in six. I've said it before too, like when we were talking about this team in the seeding games, that the Heat are the deepest team in the mm-hmm. NBA. Now, whether you're the deepest team doesn't necessarily make, mean that you'll make it to the finals because Giannis is the best player on the floor, and that's not to be discounted. And mm-hmm. if they get to the Celtics. They might have some problems because I think yeah. you can make the, the case that Butler's sure. better than Tatum, but I think the Celtics, you know, first four if Gordon Hayward's back healthy, is better than like the Heat's, you know, first four. The so. thing about the Celtics that is so hard for me, for the Heat is that you you have Jason and Jalen. That to me is like yeah. we can we can cover one of them. <laughs> we can get yeah. one. 
but like if the other one goes off, we're fucked. Yeah, and we have like we have people we have bodies to throw on like your main guys, and we have yeah. good perimeter defenders. We're like consistently some of the best in defending the three point, which as we brought up before this Bucks Heat series, the Bucks have a great defense, but they're not great defending the three. They're good, but they're not great, and they give up a lot mm-hmm. of threes, which plays right into Miami's strength, which is, yep. you know, kick it out to Duncan Robinson or whoever, Tyler Hero, Jay Crowder, all those guys can hit threes. So mm-hmm. it's... It, I think if the Heat and Celtics meet in the conference finals, I think that series will go seven either way. I think so, too. That's going to be great in terms of, like, I would say, in general, the sum of the talent on both teams, not necessarily ranking any players in hierarchies but the sum of the talent is very close almost equal i would say the coaching Mm -hmm. is very close almost equal i think the coach i would say the coaching is if we're going to be real i think the coaching is going to be probably better on the uh, with if the clippers and the lakers make it it's i think the coaching on the east is to me better and that's just my opinion i mean it's biased obviously but i think spo is such a better like frank vogel are we putting frank vogel in the echelon of doc rivers and Brad Stevens and Eric Spolstra. Yeah, in terms of good coaches left in the West, you basically have Doc Rivers sometimes. So, <laughs> Doc, Doc I Rivers like, is good. I, I like but. Quinn Snyder a lot, and I think Quinn Snyder yeah. gets a little bit better bad out of rap. I think he reminds me a lot of what Spo was in his early years. I think I think Quinn Snyder. I like Quinn Snyder a lot, and I like yeah. Mike Malone a lot too. I think the West has good head coaches, but as far I think the East has to me, I think the two top two head coaches as far as. Uh, young guys go with Spo and Brad Stevens. Well, yeah, let's get into this uh this discussion about uh overrated coaches and actually good coaches. Um cuz I George Carl can suck my big fat nut. I hate that fucker. He George Carl is a grave. I hate that guy. I was talking Fuck about current coaches, but yeah, <laughs> George Carl can't suck I got to get off my chest. <laughs> got to get it George out. Carl. I hate George Carl, dude. That guy is the worst head coach. He's a disgrace. A disgrace. Ooh, a disgrace. To, 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 coaching, to coaching any sport is a disgrace. I hate George Carl. I'm sorry. I just The way he, the way he treats, treated those Nuggets when he was coaching the Nuggets is utterly disgraceful. Well, even, disgraceful. Even his... Uh, you know, the way he talked about other players when he was coaching the Sonics and all that, like they went into it a bit in the last dance. I mean, he just seems like a really, you know, crotchety motherfucker. Yeah, he does like he doesn't give a fuck about his players. Yeah. Straight he, up. And he's got a really, really inflated ego. Yeah. It's and he wants to no know reason. why he never won an NBA championship or nothing like that. Because you fucking don't give a shit about the people who you, who play under you, man. Yeah. And like, I can't wait for Car- Carmelo to, whenever Carmelo writes his book. About his his uh, about his life, I can't wait to read about what he has to say about George Carl because like he is a main reason why Carmelo left <laughs> the Nuggets. Like, oh yeah, he he is a he's an awful head coach, awful person to be around, awful leader of men, terrible person. He can go suck a left nut. Yeah, fuck George Carl. He would if we right. made this uh, topic ten years ago, we would put George Carl in overrated coaches. Yeah, for sure. I would put. Because uh, what sparked this conversation is I texted you last night and I said that I learned that the coach of the year candidates, Nick Nurse, Mike Budenholzer, and Billy Donovan aren't actually that good. Not that they're not good coaches, 
in the NBA because it's really tough to be a good coach in the NBA. There are definitely worse coaches, and all of their teams yeah. are in the playoffs. All of their teams perform very, you know, well again, enough to I at think, least get through a round. Or and I think I think Mike Budenholzer is a good coach. I just I don't think he has the experience yet. I think this series going forward is going to help his coaching career. Yeah. I can see Mike Budenholzer eventually becoming a great coach, but I think he has to go. He has to go through. He has to like. The reason, the, the thing that makes Spo such a good head coach is because like he won two NBA championships. He's been in the playoffs multiple times. He's lost so many close games. Like he has been through the ringer as a head coach. Like Mike Budenholzer was Pop Pop's guy. Like that was Pop's dude. Like he was the he went to Atlanta. He had that he had a like that weird year. Atlanta won the yeah. <laughs> the number one seed in the East. Yeah, and then got totally destroyed by LeBron and the Cavs. Uh and then he uh then he went to the Bucks, right? He went to the Bucks after yeah, that. Yeah. He went to the Bucks after that. Yeah. Cuz the course, Hawks like, fired him because he wouldn't tank at the end of the season. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he has to take his lumps as a head coach and this is it. Yeah, well, Billy Donovan, great great ba- college basketball coach. I think he's a great leader. He's a great yes. communicator. It's just I think the NBA would it like again, when you don't have the experience when it comes down to like these really intense game sevens it's hard to come up with anything to do like you're just in you're a prisoner of the moment here's the thing (coughs) you talk about you know they they need more experience and everything like that like billy donovan's coached in big games in college and the nba Mike Budenholzer has coached in big games in the NBA for like several years. Nick Nurse is relatively new, so I'm willing to give him a little bit of a pass, but he did win Coach of the Year, so he's going to come under scrutiny for me. But Mm -hmm. my issue with – I'll start with Billy Donovan because we already kind of talked about it. You know, how the fuck do you not know how to drop a play to get someone open? Like what the fuck was that? That was terrible. And that was like I think another reason too that like KD left as well is like, you know, it's all really pretty much based off of like – one or two players like just you know do your thing and try to get a shot where it's like you know sometimes it would be nice to actually have a mind that can like get you open Mm -hmm. you know someone that's like gonna get you a good shot rather than you have to like find your shot and make something crazy i mean after a couple years of that not working as a player i'm sure you kind of get fed up with it and i think a lot of the success of okc they're throwing a lot of it on billy donovan and sure he's a part of it but the success of that team is all based around chris paul in his mind in my opinion this season I think that Billy Donovan gets a lot of credit for, you know, something that really Chris Paul is bringing to the table. I think that with Milwaukee and Mike Budenholzer, like I talked about earlier as well, the guy doesn't make adjustments. When things are going well, they're going great. But when things yeah. don't go well and they get taken out of their rhythm, it's very hard for them to get back into a rhythm somehow. There's no adjustments made. Like I look at, you know, teams like Miami and Boston that they can get down like 10 or 15 points but they're not totally out of it yet because the team can make adjustments and they can go on a run Um, and that's something that Toronto can do too Toronto can make adjustments but what bothers me with Toronto and Milwaukee to some extent is a lot of their success is dependent on like flopping and fouls and everything like that and getting the calls that they want not necessarily the calls that are are made where I'm so grateful to have coaches because I freak out like that too. Like if I were a coach, that's what I would do is I would be trying to coach the refs. But luckily, like the Heat and the Celtics, you rarely see that. They can get upset with calls and everything like that, but they don't spend more than like five seconds of their energy on it. Mm. They just move on. You know, they move on to the next play and that helps because, you know, I'll talk about my Harden theory with Milwaukee later and – 
you know, Nick Nurse with Toronto, he's freaking out about like, oh, smart foul Pascal on this play and oh, Jason Tatum got 14 free throws and all that. And it's like, well, Smart didn't really foul him on that play and Jason Tatum got 14 free throws because he got fouled seven times. So it's all these things where it's like you if you're blaming the refs on a star or you're dependent on the refs to win that's not the sign of like a great coach a great coach is like more tactical they can like draw up atos which is something nick nurse fucking dropped the ball on the other night and it cost his team a win and mm-hmm. if if you have someone that can draw atos that can develop a scheme that best fits the strength of his players but then adjust if it needs to be adjusted you know once the team figures it out especially in the playoffs that's what's going to help you because you're going to see milwaukee and toronto and you already saw okc get bounced because these guys don't know how to react in these situations where shit hits the fan and they should and my excuse is maybe not nick nurse although he has won a title but that milwaukee and mike boonholzer and okc and billy donovan should know how to handle these situations by now nick nurse has some to learn without Kawhi there but so he gets a little bit of a pass but he's not as good as people think he is i agree i agree with on the nick nurse thing for sure because like I, even last year, I was kind of suspect. Like he's he, like, I don't know. I, I I agree with you on the Nick Nur- on your Nick Nurse evaluation, and I also agree with you that Billy Donovan should have drawn up a better play. I'm not sure what happened there. Maybe it was just the player. I don't know. Like, and also I think you're. I think like you said it. What makes a great NBA head coach is making adjustments on the fly, and you can see that with Brad Stevens, Doc Rivers, and yeah. with uh, Steve Kerr, Spo, Spo, Steve yeah. Kerr. Like, you, like making adjust mid adjustments in the game. That to me is like what makes a great NBA head co- head coach. Yeah, if you were to look up like teams to come back from like fifteen or twenty point deficits, I guarantee that like Boston and Miami are up there. Yeah, you know, and that and Golden State and all those too, and a lot of that. I mean, Steve Kerr probably doesn't get as much credit as he should because he had such great talent. But, you know, before that, with like Steph and Clay, before Katie showed up, you know, he was mm-hmm. the best to do it. So it's it's a little frustrating, especially like when you and I are fans of teams that have great <laughs> coaches that are just constantly like overlooked <laughs> because yeah. they, it's just like they're taking they're, a, they're taking it like a take it for granted by like a lot of just NBA fans. In general, I wouldn't say. I think the fan base is kind of like Miami Heat fan base knows like Spo is the dude. Like, yeah, Spo is there because Pat Riley. He is Pat Riley has chosen him as his successor, and when that is that to me is like so much. That was that's so much pressure on a person. Like he's totally come out the other end like an accomplished man. They threw him into the fire in this, you know, coaching of coaching. Literally, one of the best. They threw him into the fire. (laughs) They threw him into the fire and. Totally, like Pat totally tr- gave, trusted him one hundred percent, and yeah, it, it worked out. And for him to yeah to survive that, like you know, reading that article that you sent me about Duncan Robinson and Eric Spolstra, it's like he both he and Brad Stevens remind me a lot of each other in that like they're just kind of like basketball nerds that just mm-hmm. happen to just get the nod from like two of the most prestigious franchises in the league, and mm-hmm. they've had to they've dealt with stars. They've dealt with, you know, just kind of scrappy teams that they've had to get to win, and they've just managed to consistently churn out playoff contenders year in and year out. And this year, yeah. for both Miami and Boston, probably been some of the best coaching jobs that I've seen in terms of like teams that were thought to be like middle of the pack in the East, 
that now look like they might be playing each other in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. So, shout out to them. Uh, shout out to the good head coaches out there. Um, R.I.P. Cliff Robinson, that that dead at fifty three. Um, yeah. Good player. I remember him a lot when I was growing up playing. Um, unfortunate. He was a self. He was a. He played for the UConn men's basketball team. Played for the Portland Trail Blazers and Blazers. a bunch of other teams. Blazers. Uh, also, um, God, what was his name? John Thompson. Coach John Thompson He's from Georgetown. for the Celtics. Art. Yeah, coach the coach yeah. the the Georgetown, Georgetown Hoyas. Hoyas first black. Uh, NCAA coach to win a national championship, opened the doors for so many black head coaches in both the NBA and college basketball. He was a trend. He was a he was a, honestly a trailblazer for sure. So RIP to him. Uh, we didn't talk about it, but like there was an NBA, like, there was no NBA games for four days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no games. I think like in general over four days, or like the MLB and MLS like kind of sparingly cancel games, but the yeah. NHL and NBA in the midst of the playoffs, paused action. Stop. Paused action for uh, social justice issues, which were warranted. Yeah. After the Jacob Blake shooting. My dad was very upset that because uh, we were in uh, Daytona on Friday and we were getting ready to watch the uh, Lightning and Bruins game on Friday night because he's a Bruins mm-hmm. fan. I'm a Lightning fan. And I was like, oh, the game's been postponed because of uh, social justice reform and everything. And he's like, these liberals just need to play, okay? <laughs> so, but he, I think he's, uh, you know, he's happy that sports are back on. I think we're all happy that sports back on. It's good. It was a good protest movement. I'm glad that they continued on with their seasons everywhere. I think it was the right thing to do and the best thing for the mm-hmm. platform. But it was good to take a day or two just to kind of show, hey, just to figure yeah. out what to do, what they can do individually, and just to show us like how yeah. how much they mean to us and our happiness too. And it's great that a bunch of these uh, NBA arenas are opening up uh, as polling places yeah. for uh, for uh, their cities, yeah. which I think. That's the it's a it's a great way to do social distancing if you want to go do voting. I think those places are like if you're worried about the COVID, if you want to and you want to vote early, check out those check out the NBA arenas in your area. True. Um, the NFL is going to close for yeah, election yeah, day as well. Yeah. So that yeah. they're making sure that a lot of their play. I know the Bucks got all of their players registered to vote, and it's uh, awesome. The yeah the NFL is doing what I think a lot of companies or all companies across the country should do, which is shut down for election day and make it a national holiday so that way everyone can go and vote the only people working will be people working at the polls that would be ideal so yeah so a shout out to both the nba and nfl for doing that um yeah i guess that's it for all i got this is a this has been a i'm gonna uh, this is a long one i'm gonna end it on my uh my heart in houston theory Okay. This is what I was going to pitch to you last night. I I have a feeling that Giannis in Milwaukee is going through the same issue that James Harden has had in the playoffs, which is Harden and Houston have, for the most part, had great regular season success. There was a stretch there for like three years where Houston was consistently either the best or second best team record-wise in the league. And they were mm-hmm. blowing teams out, great point differential, all that. And then when I got to the playoffs, they would fall apart in some way. They got very close to the finals one year. But they still could not get it done. Um, I think Giannis is going to experience this with Milwaukee where he'll fall apart in the playoffs or he'll get close to the finals but never quite make it because so much of his game 
is generated off getting foul calls. Not necessarily that he's as good from the free throw line as Harden is, but you know he gets so many foul calls that it puts the other team into foul trouble, uh, makes guys think twice about defending him. It uh, puts his team in the bonus early, where like the rest of his team are pretty good free throw shooters, so that once they get fouled, they're able to you know knock them down. But once you get to the playoffs and they don't call things as you know cautiously as they do in the regular season where they give the benefit of the doubt to the star player now he's in a tricky situation where it doesn't fit his game and then you get frustrated like james harden gets frustrated and then at that point you're mentally out of it you're not mentally Mm -hmm. in the same zone that you've been in that got you the mvps and all that so i'm just saying look out for it i don't i do not expect Giannis to win a championship in these next couple years Unless he moves teams. Come to Miami, baby. Please. He should go to Miami. That's where he belongs. That's where he belongs. We'd win multiple championships with him on our team. No doubt about it. Come to Miami, please. The smart basketball move is to go to Miami, Golden State, or Boston. But he's not going to go to Boston. He might go to Miami. He might go to Golden State. Yeah. I think, honestly, Miami... I don't know. To me, they can totally fix it. They, they, like, because the same thing that Giannis is going through, like, I think, like you said, James Harden, but I also think it's the same thing LeBron went through before he left for the Heat. Like, he got to the conference finals. Like, he got to the finals. He's lost. Like, people are, like, he, like, they had the same type of place that, like, LeBron could at that point. He was just a, a dribble, dribble in, kick out, dunk it, play in the, play the paint, shoot a three every now and then. 50% from there. And then uh then he then he was filled with a bunch of scrubs on his team. That's not true. I think the, I think Milwaukee's a little bit more talented than what the Cavs were when when LeBron left, but he had the same criticism like, "Oh, I would not put the ball in LeBron's hand when it came down to the last uh 40 seconds of the game. I don't want him touching the ball." Like he's not clutch. He's oh he was an MVP, but what does that mean if it doesn't transfer to the playoffs? He's a great regular season player. He'd whine for calls all the time. Yeah, came to Miami, won two championships, was ready like that turned him into a man. Went to Cleveland, won that great, won the best NBA series of all time, down three one, and you know the rest is history. LeBron is now like considered like one of the greatest of all time. Like come to Miami, come for a couple years, leave if you want. You can win a championship here for sure. Yeah, definitely. We have the we have the team. We got the team, bro. We got the squad. We got the squad. Yeah, he's got three significantly better options in front of him. I initially had Toronto pegged as a destination for him, but with the way the series is going, and I just don't think it's. I still don't think it's enough for for him. I think he's basically just be re-entering to a, like a slightly better Milwaukee situation, um, mm-hmm. but possibly not enough to get him the ring. And if you're gonna leave, you might as well go for like the guaranteed success. Um, so yeah, I think uh, unless someone else builds their team up, you got basically three options. I don't know if his pride would let him go to Boston, but in my opinion, that would probably be the best fit for him based off the timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, because Golden State is a great fit for his skill set too, but all those guys are getting old. Um, yeah. So if he went to Boston, he would have a bunch of 23, 24-year-old guys. He goes to Miami. That's also a good fit kind of timeline-wise, and they have shooters and all that. However... I do feel like, despite them being different players, that some of the skill sets that him and Jimmy have can somewhat overlap in terms of running the mm-hmm. offense, but I, that could sure. be worked out, I think. Yeah. I think Bam would also need to extend his range, which he hit some big jumpers in the past two games. Yeah. 
So he's on his way. It's nothing out of his, nothing he can't fix. Yeah. By the time Giannis is a free agent, Bam might already be training shit from the three point line. So, um, so I think logically it's going to come down to those three teams, Miami, Boston being the best basketball fits and, uh, seeing what happens. But I, I would urge him to get the fuck out of Milwaukee if he wants to win a championship. I agree. Or my or Milwaukee has to bring in somebody. Like, yeah, or it has Milwaukee. to show some initiative to bring in somebody who could help him. We talked about that uh, Donovan Mitchell trade. That could be enough, you know, to get yeah, Donovan I, Mitchell. I, I, at this point, I don't think that that's going to happen. I don't think it's really going to happen don't. in enough time. No. Yeah, I think, I think Donovan could... Mitchell. I think is set on staying in Utah. Yeah, they have to. Yeah, I, well, I think Donovan Mitchell is just in Utah, whether he wants to be or not. But once he yeah. gets like three years into that contract then he can get traded. But Giannis is hitting the market next summer. So that's just yeah. Milwaukee is unfortunately not going to have enough options to really trade for to make it worth Giannis's while to stay. Yeah, I agree. Um, man, that was a long that was a long podcast. A long yeah, podcast. I don't know how many people are actually going to listen to this one, but that's okay. Yeah. I had fun. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate you. We love you. We'll see you next week for another episode of high v um not sure we're releasing these in tandem to how we feel like how like look we had two series came to an end last night two series are in the middle that are both in the same kind of situation so if it if like we'll release these episode we'll release the episode next week i'm just not sure what time it just depends on what happens yeah it depends on how the series and yeah because i I don't we don't want i don't want to do an episode before games if the heat bucks go game seven i don't want to do an episode before that i want to do it after yeah same thing to go with the celtics like you got we got to plan these out there's like the nba is on a different schedule than us so we're going to be working with them yeah like we normally record wednesdays but like it didn't make any sense with okc houston having game seven last night like we want to see how that goes so we can talk about it yeah. But, uh, yeah. We'll see you guys sometime next week, hopefully sooner rather than later. Thanks for listening. We'll check you out later.